Hello there, you there, Peter? Hi, Howard, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Hi, uh, Peter. Good. Uh, Hi, so, who's that? Sorry. Uh, sorry, that's Steve. That's, Hi, yeah. Steve, how are you doing? I'm fine, nice to, nice to speak to you, mate. Yeah, for our listeners, uh, Peter, Peter Drury is on the line and live. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Great to be part of it. Yeah, I'll hand over to, to Stephen, um, yeah. We're looking to raise a lot of money today for the MCFC fans, food bank um, support. Um, and so, yeah, really appreciate you coming on, so you're a gentleman. Well, really appreciate what you're doing. It's, it's um, you know, fantastic and very sadly, very necessary. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, can I just ask as a, a kind of opening question, really? What was your route into football commentating? Oh, uh, <laughs> my route was a very fortunate one, to be perfectly honest. Right. <laughs> um, I, I, um, like like every, I suppose, little boy and many little girls in the world, I, I kind of grew up dreaming it in a in a very detached kind of a way. Um, I, uh, you know, shouted as I kicked the ball into the net. I shouted my own name like everybody does. <laughs> but I never really believed I would uh, go on and, and make a serious living out of it. I certainly wasn't good enough to even think about playing a game um, <laughs> for a living. If you saw me play, you'd know that. Um, <laughs> but the then, then, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I went to university. I came out of university. I was a trainee accountant for a month. Um, nice. And then I, I knew I couldn't do that forever. Um, I was useless. And uh, I, I kind of stopped and decided to pursue the dream a bit. And I, I've had lucky breaks along the way. After a lot of rejection, I got into a, a really good sports reporting agency in Fleet Street, London, and um, got into local radio in Leeds. I was, I was in Leeds as the young local radio reporter at the time. Leeds won the league under Howard Wilkinson at the start of the nice. 90s. So that was, that was kind of a great experience for me. I was a, a sort of founder member of Five Live when it began. And then when the, the, the great late Brian Moore was hanging up his microphone at the end of the 1990s, ITV came and got me in time for the, the 98 World Cup. So um, I, I've been lucky to be in the right place at the right time a few times. Well, I think you've been very modest there, to be honest. <laughs> um, on researching for this chat, I discovered that Peter Jones was a big influence on you. What made him such a great broadcaster? Oh, he he was beautiful, and 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 of course, th this was through the seventies and eighties, through my childhood and adolescence. Before, mm. in a way, video killed the radio star. You know, um, radio was where you consumed your football, yeah. uh, yeah. and and so um, th this guy uh, was a Welshman. Actually, he had a beautiful lyrical voice, and, and he had a great command of the English language. You know, and and he was so evocative. If, if your game was the chosen commentary game on a Saturday afternoon and it was him and he, he just made it sting, you know, he had a, a kind of sense of occasion that, that made every football match feel like it was where you wanted to be. And actually, and this is the gift, particularly on radio, where you are, you felt as though you were there with him. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't think there have been many, if any, broadcasters in my lifetime who quite have it in the same package as he had it. Um, prior to a big game, Peter, how much preparation will you typically do? Well, that's um, a good question. Since right in front of me here, I've got my notes saying Tottenham Hotspur at the top of one page and Manchester City at the top of the next. <laughs> so, uh, uh, basically, it's, um, I, I always say that a, a match is a day's work on average. Right. So, you know, an eight-hour working day, what people might call a nine-to-five, um, 
for me, gets you ready for a game. Now, th- that is an average. Obviously, Tottenham against Manchester City is a game whose narrative we know quite well and whose players we know quite well. There's a lot to do around it. Funny enough, before I started talking to you, I, I was going to have player by player to check out what they've been doing over the international break and who scored <laughs> and who hasn't and all of that sort of stuff, which adds to it always after these international fortnights. But uh, I, I did a lot of the prep for this a couple of weeks ago because obviously there were going to be no Premier League games to sort of update the stats with and so on. But uh, yeah, so about eight hours to get the, the full narrative. It can be a bit less if they're two big clubs like this that I'm familiar with. But equally, if Manchester City are playing, well, next week actually for BT, I'm doing the Olympiakos game. So right. Olympiakos takes a bit more work so because, <laughs> yeah. because you're starting from, from nearer to scratch. Um, but yeah, that, that's an average. Can I, I ask... Mean, you must, yeah, sorry, sorry Howard, yeah, yeah, just going to ask, if for those that uh, get, you know, would want to do commentary, do you have set tips of how you, f- you feel you know you should you should uh, do the role when you're commentating is there what skills do you think are important when you're commentating on a match basically well i i think if you asked 15 commentators you get 15 different yeah. answers and, yeah. and and that in a in a sense guys is um sort of underlines the truthful answer which is i think you just have to believe in the way you do it and be I, I suppose if there was one overriding tip, it would be to be authentic. It's mm. impossible that everybody's going to like you all of the time um, because one person's favourite commentator is another person's greatest irritant. We, yeah. we, all, have, we all have to live with that. Um, and so the, the thing is to be truthful to yourself. I, I, I speak to a lot of young people who want to do it and, and I say, please don't go into it believing you're in some sense going to be famous, well-known, who are going to enjoy some sort of celebrity uh, because I have to say to to the extent that I have that and I do absolutely understand it's a small extent I don't like that I don't right. like profile I, I know it's a contradiction but if I could do my job in private I'd do it in private <laughs> because I just I just enjoy the process of the job I don't particularly enjoy the the profile that goes with it um and so I'm not on social media, you know. I put the microphone down and I go home. Yeah. Um, uh, but other people do it a different way, and I'm not saying they're wrong. So I, I would say to people who want to do it, do it because you love football, you love the language, you love telling the story, um, and you and you love engulfing yourself in in the prep because the majority of your working week is dull sitting at the desk preparation, and the two hours of the football match. It's just a sort of manifestation of that. Every match is, I always say, like a GCSE. You know, you mug it up, yeah. you scribble it down, you spit it out, and the next day you've forgotten it and you're on to the next one. <laughs> do, do, um, you think, do you think your style has changed since you have began commentating? Or? Um, I, I don't like to say of myself that I have a style, really. You're so modest, I, aren't you? <laughs> I just well, I just turn up and sort of it happens, and yeah, yeah. Uh, it it probably has because I've probably had some rough edges knocked off me over the over the course of twenty or thirty years doing it, um, and, and you know in in some regards maybe I've become more confident. In others, I've become more wary of things that can go wrong. I mean, every game you do, well, every game I do, I do with a sort of sense of fear. Um, you know, it's this could be the one that goes horribly wrong. This is the one where. You know, I shout Jekko when it was Aguero. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it, 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 that 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 sort of, that sort of thing. Uh, so so, it's it's that kind of 
sense of foreboding and fear that, that drives you to prepare the best you can for the next one. What about after the game, Peter? Are you quite kind of self-analytical after a game regarding your performance? Do, do you think, yeah. you know, equally if, so, do you think I've nailed it or do you think, oh, I could have done better there? It, it's it's funny that, actually, because sometimes, yes, I do watch myself back when I have the chance for this time, uh, self-critically, not not um, narcissistically, I hope. Mm. Um, so I, I, I do, and, and it's funny because you can come away from a game and think, I really think I was good today. I think I got it all right and, and so on, and you can look at it back on the telly and think, yeah. Oh, you're not as good as you thought you were. Um, and, and funnily enough, the other way around too, you can you can end the game and think, oh, I just wasn't on it. I just wasn't sharp. The words weren't coming. And then you could watch it back and think, well, that was all right. I got away with it, I think. So which, which, which actually just goes to underline that it is worth watching back um, because you can find stuff. And, and not necessarily little mistakes because mistakes happen and we all make them probably three yeah. or four a game. You know, you'll say a name that's not the right name, but just... The general sort of tenor of it, the tone, the the mood, um, and, and the overall reading of the game, um, and, and it is worth being self-critical. And, and yes, I am very. Uh, well, can I just ask? I know you will support a football club, and I know you won't tell us who that is, and I don't need to know. <laughs> is it easy? Well, is it easy for you to be impartial on all the football? I mean, for me. I'd find it very, very difficult with certain teams, of course. Uh... Yeah, no, actually, it's it's really interesting because, yes, I do. Um, I, I'll tell you which one it is because it's very harmless and it'll make you laugh. Um, only because your history against my little club is hilarious uh, for you, and that is Watford. Ah, um, right. And, and so I was um, at the cup final. And, yeah. and I have to say, it was because I was with my sons and my wife, and we sang a bite with me, and we waved our scarves, regardless of the fact that you absolutely tore us limb so from limb. <laughs> no, no, don't, because it was one of the, well, listen, you know, we'd love to have beaten you. We knew that was improbable, and therefore it would have been ideal not to lose 6-0. But um, <laughs> it, it was a, a very, very happy day. It yeah. was such a happy day. And... and I know you're trying very hard not to patronise me, and that's good. But it's, I, I think we had that day, as you would have done, in former manifestations of Manchester City, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, before you were used to being at Wembley, when, you know, when, when Manchester City weren't the club that they are now. Um, and so that was beautiful. But to, to answer your question, um, and I'll give you a funny bit of homework in a moment as well. To, <laughs> to answer your question... Um, it's not difficult at all, I promise you. And if you ever hear a commentator on the telly you think he's biased, I, I promise you he's not. When I've had to work on Watford, um, I, what, what, you're dealing when you're a fan with your heart and when you're a commentator with your head. And I promise you, anyone would say this, when you turn up at the game, you, you go into head mode. And, and it doesn't even occur to you. Um, funnily enough, in that cup run, uh, I did the Watford's quarter-final against Crystal Palace on the way to the cup final. Right. Uh, and Crystal Palace is a bit of a rival for Watford. Uh, and so it's a big game. And I left home at 8 o'clock that morning. It was a lunchtime kickoff, And I said to my family, who were putting their yellow shirts on, um, listen, this is it now. I don't want any text. Well, there's no nothing. I'm going to work. Forget it. And I went and did that game with Jermaine Genus, uh, who had no idea of what was going on in my heart and uh, yeah, Watford won 2-1 reached the cup semi-final which was a big big deal 
uh, and I put the microphone down at the end of the game and I turned to Jermaine Genus and I did a little fist pump. And he said, hmm. what are you doing? I said, well, my son's up there on the rookery stand. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's massive. And we have Watford season tickets. He said, blowing. I wouldn't have known. And I, to me, crazy. that was the greatest kind of stamp in my book or stick in my box. But I have to tell you, I started work, this is connected, I started work on the Olympiacos game the other day, and as you know, because you've already beaten them, uh, Jose Holovas plays left-back for um, Olympiacos, yes. having been at Watford. And his record, listen to this, don't give this away, because I'm going to use this in the commentary on Tuesday, <laughs> or Wednesday, but his record against Manchester City in games he has started for Roma, Watford, and now Olympiacos, is... Played 10, lost 10, <laughs> scored 2, conceded 38. Wow. Oh, wow. He is he is 38-2 down to Manchester City. He's my favourite ever player. <laughs> <laughs> so there you are. That's that's, that's quite incredible. extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, my, well, I... my, son, my son was at the 8-0 at your place. He was there. Yeah, that was 4-0 after he, about 20 minutes. 20 minutes, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'd, I I'd been working on a game at Leicester that lunchtime and I was really pleased because it, it was a 12.30 game. By the time I got to my car, it was two minutes to three. I put the car radio on to Five Live and the main game, the commentary game, was Manchester City Watford. I thought, this is lovely. I've got two hours home and I'm going to be able to listen to the whole game. <laughs> and by five past three, I was thinking, <laughs> oh my lordy. Anyway, there we are. That's another story. I have to say about the cup final, um, City fans were amazed at how brilliant the Watford fans were that day. I, I mean, you know, all the talk afterwards from City fans on the forums and on Twitter were just how brilliant the Watford fans were. Um, well, we and, had fun. That's really nice, yes. and, and we, we took that as a as a compliment because I, I think the nice thing about Watford is, and again, in a way, there is a parallel with sort of former Manchester City mm. in that I, I think there's a certain humility. We know who we are. Um, and we understood it was a special day for us, and and that's kind of and you, again you'll understand that that's for us to say, not you, because if you say it, that yeah. sounds patronising. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but um, the truth is, you know, listen, Watford had the first chance of that game, uh, and yeah. so people say, what if he'd scored? And well, and my answer to that is we'd have lost six one. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's it's. Um, but I I remember in the first minute of the game. Um, you lot got a corner and I turned to my wife and I said here we go and um, somebody probably actually Holabas I think headed it away and um, and you know Watford broke and, and the danger disappeared and, and three minutes passed and six minutes passed and eight minutes passed and we were looking at watching it was still nil nil still had 15 minutes passed and we think do you know what if we score here if we score you know there's only an hour to go or whatever but after yeah. 25 minutes you scored your first one and and what the trouble with your great teams once they are going is, as you know, once you're ahead and I'm therefore the yeah. policy of just soaking it up and soaking it up doesn't work anymore. Once once in the back of the underdog's mind, there is the knowledge that somehow they've got to score a goal to have a chance. That's when you uh, rip people up, isn't it? Can I, give you a tip? Can I give you something for your notes for next Wednesday? Yes, uh, City are rubbish at corners. <laughs> so, oh, so, so you yeah. had no reason to be worried in that cup final in the first. Oh, well, <laughs> but you, you do I, know now we will score three corners next Wednesday. Yeah, you, you probably will. 
You probably um, will. Yeah. Peter, I've got two bugbears of your trade, neither of which you're, you've ever been guilty of, incidentally. But I just want to run them past you and, and just get your your take on them. And um, just personal kind of bugbears of mine regarding commentary. It's when a commentator strays too often during a game from what's happening on the pitch to kind yeah. of you know chat with his co-commentator or to kind of yeah. offer up some stats. Um, what, what's your thoughts on? On that when commentators yeah, do that. I, I, I think I think there's a real danger in that. I, obviously, I'm not going to talk about fellow pros, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, specifically. But I, I absolutely understand where you're going. If if you're a fan, uh, you you don't want that. You just want the commentator to be telling you what's happening. Um, um, some sometimes sort of what you might call ancillary information is is pertinent and relevant. Yes, but p- part of the part of the the um, job i think is to slot that in um almost unnoticed if you can and if you start going down some sort of uh conversational cul-de-sac uh i know that's irritating because i get irritated by it and by the way you're very kind to say i'm not guilty of it but sometimes i am and i no, find I myself so. half hot well you find yourself halfway through a sentence and you think why did i begin this sentence um, <laughs> well all the time exactly yeah well we all do but the thing is when you're supposed to be a professional broadcaster you should know better really but um, i can assure you we don't yeah the second one um is it, not really in evidence much anymore it used to be very prominent particularly when i was growing up and it always annoyed me um is when a commentator tries to hype up a game that's clearly a dull game yeah how do you feel I about that i i I totally get that. Um, mm. It's 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 really difficult because um, on the one hand, I take your point that trying to tell somebody it's a great game when it's not uh, is clearly silly because football fans aren't stupid. They're football yeah. fans. They know whether they're excited or not. They don't need to be told to be excited. On the other hand, I, I always make the, the counter argument. And, and this is not about telling you it's a good game when it's not a good game. But but again, you guys as fans will understand this and I do. Um, if it's nil-nil after 85 minutes and it's <laughs> yeah. been a horrendous game, I wouldn't say it's been a horrendous game because, you know, I don't need to turn off. You, mm. By then, you wouldn't do anyway. But but what I would say is that I know as a fan, if, I, if I'm sat watching my team and it's nil-nil, in those last five minutes, we might score and win or they might score and we'll lose. And my mood for the rest of the day, the weekend, whatever... <laughs> it's going to be dictated by that. At 85 minutes and nil-nil, I'm not actually bored. I, I'm actually on the edge of my seat, yeah. terrified that we're probably going to go and somehow throw this away. Or maybe, you know, on a good day, snatch it. So I think there's a difference. One of my bugbears with commentators, to be perfectly honest, uh, are when I hear those slaughtering a game who... Uh, who I ask of myself, when did you last pay to go through a turnstile? Mm. Do you know what it's like to watch an awful game for which you've paid 30, 40, 50 quid? Mm. And is it your right? Do you understand what the fan is actually experiencing here? And that that 85 minutes pit of the stomach feeling, which you guys must have experienced. Well, I know you have. I mean, you've experienced it in the extreme. <laughs> um, uh, that pit of the stomach feeling... Uh, is something that fans all identify with. And so I would say an awful, even the most awful game for a committed supporter is never actually boring. Can I ask you, what do you look for? Do you look for something specific in a co-commentator? 
I mean, uh, the, the amount this talk, or you know, is it about developing a relationship in a way? Yeah, it can be, but of course, sometimes you could be thrown together with a co-commentator you've yeah. not often worked with. So, yeah. um, I, I, I look for a co-commentator with um, with the will to have prepared in some sense beforehand. That is to okay. genuinely to know, not the stats. That's my business, you know, the real nuts and bolts stuff. But but to have an understanding of the teams that he is watching. Um, not to sort of just turn up and think I was a former pro and therefore I'll just do this and wing it. Um, so, um, and, and don't get me wrong, many, many of the co-commentators, most of the co-commentators do do that. Um, but but to have an idea of what they're going to say and how they're going to read the game and and then to understand how the relationship with the commentator works, you know, because um, the commentator, my job is to essentially say, who's got the ball? What's happening? Um you know, the, the fact and where it's happening. Um, their job is to answer the questions, how and why, to, to interpret, to uh, explain yeah. why a goal was scored, why a goal wasn't scored, to see what a regular fan can't see. And I think the best commentator, co-commentator partnerships occur when each of them understands their own distinct role. And in my opinion, and there might be those who dis disagree with me, but in my opinion, it's not my job to have an opinion. You know, of yeah. course, during the course of a game, I'll say great ball, super goal. And in a sense, those are kind of micro opinions. But the, the overall reading of the game, I think it's an impertinence. You know, I, I have no greater right to that view of a player or a game than anybody who's watching it. But I would argue that if I'm sat next to a, an esteemed former player or former manager who really has been there and done it and understands, their opinion is worth something. But what's the point of having them if I'm barking up my opinion? You know, I can listen, <laughs> yeah. talking to you two off the record, I can say what I want and so can you. But it, it, I, I think um, I'd have too, too great an opinion of myself if I thought that my version of that stuff really mattered on air. Peter, I wish we could talk all day and I'm so, so grateful for you to come on and, and give us your time today. Um, thank you so much and, and it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, sir. Yeah, yeah it's been no. really good to talk to you guys. Thank you so, so much. That's been a lot of fun. No, thank Peter, you. Peter, I'm not letting you go yet. Oh. oh, okay. One more question. Sorry. Yeah. Don't worry. We're doing our own show in a bit. We can keep them waiting. Okay. okay. You don't mind, Steve. Should we just keep no, Ace and the guys okay. waiting for an hour? No, I've just wanted to. Sorry, there's just one thing I wanted to ask. Really, I said, me and Steve really appreciate you coming on. But we're, we're not lying, are we, Steve? When you say we absolutely adore your work. Oh, uh, but, think, oh but can I just? It's just one question I always wanted to to ask you. Really, at the back of your mind, and I'm not going to mention Greek gods, but I just have. <laughs> it, do commentators always at the back of the mind hope that one day they have that? They think it's all over. Commentary moment. Oh gosh. Uh, maybe um, what what I would say would is that if and when that does occur, it'll occur when you least expect it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, you know, if if you if you're spending your life waiting for that moment, or even worse, preparing for that moment, <laughs> that moment will never come. You know, I, I if you try to presuppose what's going to happen guess the line, whatever, 
I mean, listen, I'm not going to talk about Greek gods either. <laughs> I'm, all talk, I'm all talked out on Greek gods. But all I would say is, all I would say is that that match happened on the night when, and I hate to go there because I know it's painful for you, but uh, Liverpool were playing Manchester City. Yeah. That and and that game was um, the game I was at was very much the secondary game. I was hyper relaxed. It was three 0 to Barcelona already. Nothing was really going to happen. I was in the Olympic Stadium Road. Messi was playing. What's not to love? <laughs> uh, and and that all happened really by accident at the least likely time. Uh, and there, there's a lesson that I couldn't possibly have known it was going to happen. I, I couldn't sit up all night thinking, you know, people have asked me if I scripted that. Yeah. <laughs> as, if, as if I could have. As one that, you know, some great big Greek centre half gets a near post header. He, you know, he hadn't scored for about 13 years prior to that. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's it, it, if, you, if you sit there waiting for it to happen, you do so in vain. Uh, and if you get lucky one day and your planet's alive, well, that's nice. Brilliant. Okay, well, we'll let you go. Then I just sorry, Steve. I just had to ask. That no, question. I'm glad you brought it up. And Peter, <laughs> thank you very much again, and um, and all the best for us. We sit here at the weekend, and, and let's hope that you know, the away side wins. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Good luck to you and your fabulous club, and and more important, good luck with all the work you're doing. Yeah, and good um, luck to work for, for this season. For as people well, who yeah. could do with a good. Yes. Thank you. We've got no. a glamorous tight QPR. Oh, right, well. <laughs> so, so yours is, yours is the second biggest game in London this week. <laughs> we'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Cheers, Thank fellas. You. Thank take you care. Very much. See you. Bye. There we go. I think one of the least surprising things of today is that Peter Drury is a lovely fella. <laughs> yeah. Really it's... came as a surprise, not. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times with, with commentators and with footballers and with celebrities as well, it, I, I think it just shines through, doesn't it? There's certain people you, you know, you instinctively know, oh, they're a nice nice person. Um, I, I can't believe people. you told me we supported. Yes, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going straight to the papers. <laughs> straight to the papers, yeah. 